Hi, and welcome to Matt Holman Talks Mental Health, the podcast where I have the opportunity to sit down and chat to amazing humans about their journey with mental health. For this episode, I'm so happy to introduce Stu Baker to the conversation. Welcome, Stu. How are you doing? You all right? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, very good. Um, So as I will always do, very brief introduction, how Stu and I know each other. And then Stu, I'll let you do a proper introduction to you, let people know who you really are. Um, So Stu and I met um, a few years ago now, probably three, maybe four years. I can't even remember. Who knows where we are in the world at the moment. Um, During a charity event, a suicide prevention walk in London, uh, we both stood on the middle of a bandstand um, just talking about mental health and uh, having a really good chat. He's a top bloke. Um, You're going to find that out as you listen to him as well. Um, We've also met up then after that event at another event and it just seems like events is the future right um that's where we yeah, seem, yeah. seem to sort of catch up and meet up um but Stu's brilliant he talks about mental health very openly so Stu I'm going to throw it over to you do your introduction that's my sort of rambling to you but uh, over to you buddy okay yeah thanks for having me mate um so I'm I'm Stu Baker uh 40 um and father of three um and I'm a trained personal trainer but now a gym manager um so I used to be in the Navy for nine years as an aircraft engineer. And then when I left, I retrained. Um, I was paying money to be in a gym. So I thought I'd uh, retrain as in the gym because I love my sport. And then I yeah, work in a gym full time now. Brilliant. And obviously at the moment, as we record this, the gyms are currently closed. So yeah. unfortunately, you're not able to be in there. But uh, fingers crossed when the announcements are made, we, we hear some good news that they'll come back soon, as soon as we can. Hopefully. Yeah, definitely. Um, so brilliant, Stu. It's great to see you. And thank you for, for, for accepting the invitation to come on this. Um, it's brilliant to have you. Question that I always ask, so we'll go straight in with the big one. So your journey with mental health. Please tell us your story. Tell us, inspire us and share with us what you've been through, what you're going through and, and everything else in between, if you can, buddy. OK, um, so I don't know when it started or when, uh, but I've, I've been living with depression, I think, for the majority of my adult life. Um, so when I re- reflect back at uh, my twenties, um, I was self-harming, always depressed. Um, looking back, um, don't know when it started. I think my childhood wasn't brilliant. Um, I didn't have a very nice stepdad, but um, and the navy made me take an anti-malaria tablet when I was twenty. When I was in Africa, that's um, got some very bad reviews to it. Um, it's been banned in like sixteen different countries. Okay. Um, so it might come from that, but um, I spent years trying to um, point my finger at uh, who, who or what was to blame. But then I've sort of, after therapy and stuff, I've looked at it and thought, well, if, if someone is to blame, it won't change me as a person. So it doesn't really matter anymore. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 29, I think, um, when I was really poorly. I played rugby to sort of a fairly middleish sort of standard, played for Navy and stuff. Yep. And um, it was my self-harm, really. So when I was playing rugby, um, I had the like, little small man syndrome, scrum half. used to go around and like tackle people really hard or start fights. Um, but when I wasn't playing rugby, that's when I was actually self-harming in the bathroom and, um, and rounding about. Right. Um, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because now I reflect back on it and think, wow, oh, Jesus, yeah, that, that's what... But at the time, it was just like sort of normal. Um, so I... I snapped my knee when I was about 29 and I was playing social rugby, um, personal trainer. So um, at that point, I was like, well, it's, it's really hard to teach someone to squat with one leg. And I was self-employed. So I decided to retire from rugby. And that's when my mental health hit rock bottom, really. Right. Um, I was going from job to job, um, couldn't get the money in. 
um, drinking far too much. Um, so then I got dragged to the doctors um, by my wife at the time. Um, and it was the first time I really spoke about it. So I sat in the doctor's chair. He said, what's up? And I just completely opened up um, about suicidal thoughts, um, thinking about suicidal ideations, um, self-harming, um, how low I was, um, staying in bed for like three days. And he turned around and says, well, to be honest, Mr. Baker, I think you need to cheer up. Wow. I've got cheers, mate. Thanks. <laughs> Strong uh, tips. Never not thought to, of that one. <laughs> not, not, just, to, just to put in a disclaimer there, just to say that is not a tip that we're putting out there for anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so then <clears> I, I, I stood up and stormed off, to right. be honest, because I think, I think that was the, it was fight or flight, and I had to leave mm. because I was going to either say or do something that wasn't very nice. Um, and then a couple of weeks passed, and I got um, taken to the next doctors, reluctantly, obviously, um, but then that was really good. So I got put on um, some tablets and then got um, passed for some psychodynamic therapy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and that's where it started, really. But I still stayed silent. Um, I was still within the rugby community. Still a little maybe mate. Because of the sort of society I came from, very male-dominated, yep. had to be the macho man. Um I never spoke about mental health or depression or suicidal thoughts because it was weak. Uh, I didn't like taking the tablets. Um, and then, so I still stay silent, but I started blogging. Okay. And, and it wasn't to, it wasn't for anybody to read, really. I don't even remember why or how I started. I just, and it, it was not edited. It wasn't police checked, grammar checked or anything. It was just press yeah. enter and just flew out into the world somewhere. Um, but it started getting a bit of momentum. I didn't think nothing of it. I just carried on. It was just a, it was just a vent about like having to stay silent in this world and stuff like that. And while I was doing it, um, unfortunately, um, a friend of mine, a friend of a family, uh, took his own life. Right. And nobody knew. <clears throat> um, to the point of, uh, in the inquest, he got put down as an accident. Even though he jumped in front of a train, right. he, got put, he got put down as an accident because there was no evidence to suggest that he was had mental ill health or he had suicidal thoughts or anything like that. It was just a, a yeah, bit yeah. strange. Um, and that really shook me to be fair. And then from that, um, I thought something needs to be done. Um, conversation needs to be had. So I think that's the first time that we met actually, um, mm. was that the family were going down um, to do the classic walk in London. I rang up Kenny, uh, the bloke who runs it and said, I'm a PT. I do warm-ups for charities and stuff. Um, would you like me to do a warm-up for you? I'm coming down to, coming down there anyway. He said, um, I've already had someone. I think Neil Laybourne did it, actually. Right, yeah. Um, but he said, um, I just read your blog and I'm quite inspired. Would you like to talk? So, Stu being Stu, I put the phone down. I thought, I, I said yes. I put the phone down. What the, am I going to talk about? Yeah. Um, but within that time of me blogging, I came up with a concept called the Mindset Triangle. Mm -hmm. So I ended talking about that and that's sort of the birth of the mindset triangle. So beforehand, my business was called urban fitness. Now it's called the mindset triangle and it's all about, um, for the way for me to live, um, it works the same as a fire triangle. So for the fire to, for a fire to burn, you need three elements as we all know, like from our year seven science class, um, <laughs> For me to have a healthier mindset, I need exercise, sleep, and healthy eating. And yeah. if I keep, um, I call it my 
keep the triangle pointy. I mean, the best possible way to live with depression or live with my mental ill health when I have it. Yeah. Um, and I used to reflect back on it as well. So on a Monday morning, I used to wake up um, and think that 10 stone duvet was on me. And I used to reflect back and think, well, no wonder, because you're up till two o'clock in the morning watching Auntie Joshua. You had six pints and a pizza. No wonder you're feeling crap. Now get out of bed and do the simple things to get to get moving. So I ended up going down um, to clasp and do that talk. And then um, a couple of other people picked it up and I started, I've started doing um, public speaking and I um, spoke about my depression, uh, suicidal thoughts. And then I sort of let me triangle go a bit round, really. Um, so um, Henry and I started writing the book on the mindset triangle. Um, and then I wasn't looking after myself, really. Um, my job was doing really badly, personal training. I wasn't keeping hold of clients. I was drinking far too much. I was drinking more or less every night, a bottle of wine a night. Um, wasn't really exercising. Um, I was going to the divorce at the time, but still staying in the marital home um, until things were sorted. Um, and I ended up um, going to take my own life. Right. Um, this was three, three and a half year back. Um, so after we spoke, to be fair, yeah, are we are we still together? Are we? Because I've got a still of you drinking well, a mug of coffee. I've, yeah, I'm back. You're oh, back. There we go. I've got you. I don't um, know what happened there. Yeah, sorry. I could still hear you. I could hear you perfectly. Just the, oh, visual, the, the people love seeing me drink coffee, especially when I'm advertising. Sorry. <laughs> uh, such an, a difficult. Nothing in the cup, is there? And you know, it's a never-ending bot. It's a bottomless <laughs> cup. Uh, sorry, we've just broken the total of <laughs> the, the flow yeah. of that conversation, and you were talking about a very important moment. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no. So yeah, three and a half years ago, I wasn't like I like, said, so wasn't looking after yeah. myself. Um, I had an argument. Um, with the ex-wife and then right. just put my boots on and walked and I went to the local pub and had a pint and then walked again went to the, and it ended up being like sort of like a semi-pub crawl but just yeah. on my own right. um, turned the phone off um, and then um, I, it just got to a point and it, it's, it, I, I laugh about it now and I talk about it and it's, it is serious but at the time I used to rate bridges out of 10 Right. on on to be the best bridge to take my own life. That was the right. suicidal ideations. Yeah. And um, like I, I'd say, I, I smile about it now and I, I make a joke about it when I mm. speak to my friends or speak in, when I do public speaking. Yeah. Um, and I think that was my saving grace. That's what saved my life because I walked away from the home and I got to, I think, like the fourth or fifth pub. So about nine or ten pints into it. And I was feeling really shit. I got a text off um, the police saying they were looking for me if I could text them back. Um, I think I'd just text back no or something, something <laughs> like that. Um, and then something clicked and I just stormed out the pub. And I even left half a pint, which wasn't like me. Right. Um, and then I walked back to my 10 out of 10, which was about a mile and a half, two miles up the road that I'd walked from. Right. So at, at and you can imagine at the time I was just, I was focused. I was really angry uh, with myself. Um, I was going to have a little bit of a meltdown um, talking to myself and my hands were in my pockets. And I just walked, I walked over roads without even looking left and right, like busy roads and cars were beeping and screeching. I just didn't care. I just kept on walking to this 10 out of 10. Um, and my saving grace was, I think 
because I stomped at a fairly decent walking pace, this 10 out of 10, by the time I got there, I calmed down a little bit. Right. I yep. think if that 10 out of 10 was around the corner, it might have been a different story. Wow. Yep. Um, but by the time I got there, I don't. I was still... I was still contemplating, but don't get me wrong. I took everything out of my pockets. I laid them up on the bridge. And then I was stood there and I was um, working out timings of I wonder how long it would take me to fall. I wonder how long that lorry would take to get from that tree to here. Right. And I was doing like sort of calculations in my brain. But at the time um, when I was there, I sent a text. I don't remember sending this text. I don't know if it was in my subconscious or whatever made me do it. Um, but then the ex-wife turned up, which which made me really angry and um, mm. couldn't understand why she was there, how she got there, how did she know? And then um, I told her to go away, not very nicely. Um, and then um, all I got then was a hand on my shoulder and I turned around and the police was there, a big strapping ginger right. six foot copper. Right. Um, which turned me into the little scrum half that I knew and I started windmilling and started fighting with this policeman and then two of us joined and um, I turned into like the Tasmanian devil for about a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, but as it was, they, 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 I was really angry at the time, but they obviously doing well. <laughs> they did good. Yeah. Um, they put me back in the police car and then took me to hospital, <clears throat> whereas um, was the start of seven days in a acute mental health unit. Right. Um, I south um, administered myself because obviously the section meal would have had to be there for 28 days and being in the sort of mental health world as we were yeah um knowing these things i i, I went in myself voluntary knowing i didn't want to be made to be there for 28 days yeah and I, but i knew i needed help I, I, it, I, as like you read with a lot of suicide attempts or and and things like that it's it's the reflection afterwards that really scares you and really upsets you is the thought that you're in that place but you're not now but you don't i still talking to you now i'm still i don't remember it as a first person i remember yeah. it's a third person yeah so it's still like the person above it's, it's really weird like, like you're like watching a, it yeah yeah like it's a movie as such yeah i still think of it that now so at the, back then i was still thinking it the same and um and the psychiatrists come in the psychotherapists and did an assessment and then decided I'd, I'd go to this unit. So I was there for seven days and it was probably the best best decision I made for those seven days, really, right. um, for me to be reviewed and um, not have alcohol for a week, yep. which was which was massive. Um, don't get me wrong, I haven't been perfect since then. Um, it hasn't been a click and <clears> I'm <throat> saved. Yep. Um, I've had a couple of dodgy moments since then. Um, and... Like a couple of, um, I tried to jump out of the car at 70 mile an hour when Henriette was driving, um, which was again alcohol fueled. Right. Um, so I think from that, and then from that moment, that happened a couple of months afterwards, I think, after leaving the hospital. Yeah. I still haven't addressed my, um, I wouldn't say alcohol addiction, um, but I'm a, I'm a, my personality, if you know me, I'm either nothing or everything. Right. So yeah. if I put my head to something, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Um, and that, unfortunately, that's what it's like at drinking as well. I'm right. going to have one glass of wine, I'll have like a bottle. Yeah. Um, and it's something clicked that night, and I just, uh, uh, yeah, I, I was just drunk and I don't remember it, but I remember putting Henriette in a very horrible, upsetting situation. Yeah. And the next morning, I just said I won't drink anymore, and I had 18 months off. Okay. Yep. Um, 
which did me the world of good. It's crept in again a little bit now. Um, I haven't drank again for another five weeks, I think, but over Christmas and lockdown mm-hmm. and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I've, I, um, big thing about since big thing about learning, I don't think before that suicide, I don't, I don't want to call it a suicide attempt because I didn't, I, it, it was, yeah, I went there to do something, but I didn't really attempt it, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. From that, I've learned a lot. And I wasn't really talking before then, but I talk a lot more now. And mm-hmm. um, um, Henriette, um, we've been together since for about three years, which is just after the the attempts, really. Um, yeah. But we're completely open about mm-hmm. everything, really, and it it, it works for me. Um, like I was before we we started recording, I was talking to you that this lockdown has been really hard, and I had um, two really tough weeks. For me and for the family, really. For, yeah. for Henriette, it's not nice. I um, just, just, just horrible. Um, and I think it's just the change of situation, the stuck in the house. Quite a lot of people are going through it. Do you know what I mean? But um, mm. I've had to reflect and and go back on tablets. Yeah. Um, and sought therapy, or um, I'm making a call today actually. Um, okay. Yeah. To get put onto a not a list. But look, I'm luckily, I'm I'm very lucky to get uh, private healthcare through work. Mm-hmm. so I, I can go through um quite quickly um but it's just to talk about things i think um reared up but it, i'm in a position now where um i don't think you can you can't sort anything out unless you accept it and i've always said that from the off um, as soon as you accept that something's not right or i want to say not right but some as soon as you accept that you're different and you need to work on something the same as it is with physical health as well yep as soon as you accept you've got maybe diabetes you can combat it and you can live perfect life with it um except that i have mental ill health and i've got to work maybe a little bit harder than some people yeah um but as long as i live to the triangle um and i've got the little to-do lists in place that i do um and i openly talk with henriette and we, yeah. we talk very openly um, um then i'm in a good place brilliant well <clears throat> What a, what a wonderful story you've just explained, your reality, your world, your real life, which I just love that. And I thank you, Stu, for being so open and, and candid in the way that you've sort of explained, especially with the suicidal ideation, the thoughts and what was going on on that on that night that that things sort of changed, I guess. That was a big turning point for you in many ways. And yeah. and, and talking about mental health in the way that you do is so important to you know to these conversations because it's about just realizing that we've all got things in our heads that we don't often share and and as you said and i think that's the the most valuable point for anybody to take away it's about accepting the things that are there you know and then acting on those acceptance moments we all if you woke up in the if you woke up in the morning with a runny nose and a cough yeah except you've got a cold you come downstairs you have a lemon tea you have a lemon sip or whatever you get on with your life and you tell you tell your miss or your kids god a bit man flu and you yep. crack on and yeah. so if you wake up feeling really bad why do you have to come downstairs and be quiet yeah and try and get on with your normal life do you know what i mean if and i always say in my talks as well if you wouldn't wait like physical health and mental health work exactly the same yep if one peaks either one will peak if one dips either one will dip they work alongside each other you wouldn't wait to break every bone in your body before you go to a and e so why do we have to wait until we're in crisis point to go and get help for our mental health? Yeah. And that's the, that's the flip that we need to change within society. Yeah. Um, 
and that's yeah. why there's so a massive backlog and a waiting list at the moment for mental health services is because there's been nothing yeah everyone thinks they're normal or it's there's nothing wrong with them and then suddenly they're reading articles or listening to podcasts like by your good self yeah and suddenly thinking my god there's there might be something that i need to see someone about so yeah. everyone's doing that and now there's a massive backlog of poorly people so true so true and 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 i think we're going to talk about your mindset triangle in a second because I think that's a really useful model for people to sort of because I always often you know when I'm doing these conversations it's great for people to see if there's something that I might be able to utilize or use and and what is really important in these conversations of mental health is exactly what you've just described which is we shouldn't wait until we get to crisis point until we get to and it's a challenge and it is difficult I know that and I'm not trying to say to people it's easy to say I'm struggling I've got problems I feel you know whatever's going on but we have to try to engage in different ways to either prevent it or proactively support it sooner, right? I think that's what we're coming to, isn't it? In that, you know, looking after ourselves is such a critical part because you're right, your physical and your mental health are, are connected. And when your physical health is good, your mental health should be better. And when it's, you know, the opposite, as you've said, and that's really important. So let's talk about the mindset triangle, if that's okay, Stuart, because I'm really fascinated by that as a concept. And I, I know about it, I've read it. And, and I think it's useful if you can just describe it a little bit more. I know you've mentioned the three sort of core elements, sort of in comparatives to fire, you know, the elements you need, but, but, but how do you see people using that? It's, it's really simple. And mm -hmm. um, it's um, <clears throat> like for the exercise bit, and, and, and it's, it's just three things that you need to live. Right. You, you need the three things to live, you need to be active, you need to sleep and you need to eat, uh, but it's just doing them in the right way or implementing good habits into your, into your life. And, um, and everything's in moderation. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I'm very against being a PT. I'm very against the diets that yep. are out in society. That's very detrimental to your mental health. They call food sins, for instance. So as soon as you have a sin, that's surely detrimental to your mental health. Yep. Um, if you make someone take something away from the diet that they enjoy, that's detrimental to the mental health as well because you're going to crave for it but then as soon as you have it you're going to feel guilty mm. guilt is a pointless emotion because you can't do anything about it unless you're martin mcfly and go back in time to not <laughs> have it then right there's yeah. no point is there so no. um it, don't get me wrong this mental this mindset triangle doesn't cure depression doesn't cure mental ill health it just puts you in the best possible way to be able to live with it yeah um so for instance, exercise, uh, we don't ask you to sign up for a marathon or go to the gym for an hour a day. It's just, like I said, good habits. So for instance, um, if you work in an office block, obviously everyone's working from home at the moment, but um, if you go shopping the ball ring or whatever, use the stairs instead of the escalators. The stairs are at either end of the ball ring. So it puts an extra, what, couple yep. hundred steps on that day. Mm -hmm. um, we're a creature of habit. Humans are a creature of habit. So yep. when you go shopping, hopefully you do go shop and it's not click and collect or 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 stuff so you can actually pick the pick the nice food um we all drive into tesco's you take the first turn in and you all go down to that door and try and find a space closest to the automatic doors and the trolleys why don't we park in the corner where there's loads of spaces and walk that extra 300 steps and then if you've got a trolley with a dodgy wheel it's a good core workout on the way back <laughs> um yep. so little things like that yeah implements good habits but it keeps you active mm. and we know and it's we know that um, any activity you do releases endorphins which is the happy drug yeah that the happy happy chemical in your brain that makes you feel better um 
So it's 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 getting past. It, the trouble is, there's so much out on social media at the moment. There's so much has been out in magazines and the body that you're meant to look like and stuff. Mm. And you have to do 15 minutes of really hard workout. You don't. You just right. need to be active um, and do a little bit more than sitting down. Everybody knows, no matter who you are in the world, everybody knows four cans of beer and a pizza every night is probably bad for you. But everything's in moderation. That's yep. like going on to the healthy eating. Everything in moderation. Don't take anything out of your diet. If it like, if you like it and you enjoy eating it, have it. But don't have it every night. Yeah. Um, try and stay fresh. Um, drink as much as you can, two to three liters of water a day. Um, we're seventy percent um, water anyway, our body. So we need to. It, you need to. You need to, and it keeps the brain um, functioning. Keep it clean, yeah. Um, and this is this, this is right as a personal trainer i always get told i haven't got time to do this i haven't got time to do that um, i've got time to eat healthy i've got time to cook um but if i don't know if you, there's a ted talk i listened to um i think it was last lockdown actually and she was talking about time management so in a week you've got 168 hours if you take away your 40 hour week take away your 56 hours sleep which is eight hours a night Yep. you're left with 72 disposable hours a week. All right, that's over 10, 10 hours yep. a day, disposable. And granted, I know that people have got kids um, and people work more than 40 hours, um, but that's a lot of time you've got disposable a day to do stuff. So with what we do with the Mindset Triangle and the cooking is very simple food. Um, mm -hmm. we, we made sure that when we wrote it, all the methods, uh, there's only three or four points to every meal. Right. Um, and we're not going down the, the road of like the chef with like, if you put an extra grain of salt in that dish, you're going to ruin it. You're not. It's just going to taste a little bit different. Right. Yeah. If you want extra chili or you want, in, and, and we've, we wrote, we writ it in a way of like, um, you're bunging this, you stir it, you bang it on the plate. Right. Yeah. Because it is that type of food and yeah, it's, yeah. but it's healthy. Yeah. And it's, it's, it is, I try and get through to people. It is so easy to cook. Yeah. And um, there's, uh, I get it. I, I know I get it a lot more than other people, but uh, it's my therapy. I love being in the kitchen, but there's just the element of like music on and prepping food to then cook and eat. It tastes so much nicer than opening the yeah. box and whacking it in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's Absolutely. Just, but, but like, I keep on having a go at society and it, it, no. it is, it's all about convenience. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's all time. About how, it's all about oh. how quick, like yeah. for instance, um, people say they haven't got time to make their lunches for work. Yep. Right. Um, we've got a dish in the book called, um, in fact, we know we, we were going to call it the posh pot noodle, but for copyright reasons, we couldn't call it that. Um, <laughs> posh noodle in the pot. Yeah. yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. We called it something like that, but it's, yeah. you get a mason, a glass mason jar. Yeah. You know, you can buy it from Ikea for like yeah. 90p or whatever. Yeah. Um, at the bottom of that, you put in your fresh noodles, the straight to wok noodles. Um, and then inside the fridge, everybody has got half a jar of some kind of curry paste or chili paste or pesto. <laughs> yeah. Or something that will stay there to see mold in it and they'll throw it away. Yeah. Um, a dollop of that. And then finally chop any veg that you've got in the fridge. So right. I finally chop Brussels sprouts. Right. Um, bean sprouts ideally anything you've got in there bit of herbs on the top um, and if you've got like um, 
like on a Sunday, for instance, when we have a roast, there's always leftover chicken or leftover meat that's in the fridge. So a couple yeah. of slices of chicken in there and they close the lid. Now right. I've done a video for Instagram before and I've managed to make that in the time the kettle is boiling. Well, yeah, it's that quick. Yeah, yeah. You just, you just throw it in, yeah. In the pot, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all you got to do is take to work in the bag, open the lid, pour in boiling water, close the lid, give it a shake, wait a minute, and you've got it. Brilliant. Now yeah. that'll take far less time than you to walk to Boots to get a meal deal. Yeah. To walk back, and it's healthy yeah. and it's tasty, and you can make it whatever brilliant. flavor you like. It's brilliant. And and it's just li little things like that that we've yeah. we've tried to implement good habits. And change just ch all you need to do is change a couple of little things in your daily life to be healthier. And this right. has got nothing to do with weight loss. This has got nothing to do with like um, just healthy living, healthy, yeah, just healthier living. Yeah, Brilliant. healthier living for a healthier mindset. Amazing. I, I you know, this is this is just a, such a fascinating conversation. We are we sort of run out of time. Um, we, we're going to do a close, so don't worry. We're not like I'm not going to switch it off now, but we're running out of time. I do want to just say the mindset triangle. Where can we get it? Where's where can anybody listening pick that up? If you go on the TMT book, TMT uh, book, yeah, okay, the mindset triangle book, uh, dot co.uk okay. or, or mindset Um, .co .uk. brilliant. Okay, and I'll put that link in the in the the notes yeah, to this. And, so, and so anybody, just if you if you message us directly, we'll we could send you a signed copy. Oh, um, even better. Even better. Yeah. Fabulous. Yeah. So, Stu, brilliant stuff. Um, the co-author of that book is Henriette Lang. And Henriette actually did a podcast recording with me as well. So you've got two sides of the stories if anybody's interested to listen. So go back and have a listen to Henriette and, and Stu because they are a couple. They are together. And uh, I think it's fascinating. She she had candles around there, Stu. So I was wondering if there was going to be some candles sort of oh, going no, on. Let's not even get started <laughs> on that. Oh, brilliant. Henriette Scandinavia. Even yeah. the whole house yeah. is like a Viking ship. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's amazing. Um, listen, I just want to say a huge thank you, Stu. I really do genuinely appreciate you coming on to this and you know recording this session with me. Any final passing thoughts from yourself to to send out there to anybody? Just talk. Mm -hmm. or you don't have to talk. Um, communication. So when I go into school, it's just time to communicate. Yeah. Whether that's a text. I used to write a letter and then rip it up and throw it in the bin so no one read it. But it's yeah. still that element of expressing your thoughts um so it's just communicate in any way possible because i know it's the old cliche and everyone says it as soon as you say the first word it just flows yep it honestly does yeah as soon as you write something or as soon as you say something it flows and accept brilliant and that's just a wonderful way to sort of to finish this conversation you know as soon as i ask you that question you flowed and you accept and we mm. go on and and that's how we tell these stories so we're going to continue telling all these stories these wonderful stories by amazing humans like Stu and everybody else that we've had the privilege to or I've had the privilege to sit down and chat with um if anybody is struggling if you do need extra help or you do want to reach out and talk to somebody please do make sure that you take that forward you know don't just sit there with those intrusive thoughts it can be really hard but there are safe spaces to talk Samaritans exist today to offer a safe space for you to have those conversations numbers 116123 or if you're not into talking and you want to text it to someone text to Shout. Shout is a great organization where they just give you a little bit of extra support you can text to 85258 that's the number if anybody has any issues but there are many other organizations too many to list and to to read out and to to memorize straight off the top of my head but um, please do know there is always somebody there Stu, it's been a pleasure buddy i wish you all the very best you stay stay safe and take care cheers buddy